Let us open our Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. It is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning and to see all of you here to worship our Father in heaven and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. Today we shall see, and I hope be greatly convicted, by the fact that God has chosen congregational worship. And I hope that we will feel it, see it, know it, understand it, and be convicted by it more than ever before. We could so easily, and there are those among us, and there are parts of our flesh that would prefer to worship God in private by ourselves, but He has chosen for us to worship in a church capacity like this. 1 Peter chapter 1. Allow me, and I trust that I am not violating the context, to get the last part of a very long sentence that introduces the sentence that I want for you. I want to read to you verses 21 through 23. Who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that ye love one another with a pure heart, fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Amen. Verse 21 tells us that if you believe in God, it is because of the work of the Lord Jesus Christ in your life, because it says, who by Him do believe in God. So your belief in God is by Him, and we say amen to that. God then raised Him up from the dead and gave Him glory at His own right hand, that our faith and hope might be in God. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ has done for us. He's given us faith in God, and He is sitting at God's right hand that we can have great faith and hope that God can do and will do for us what He did for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want verse 22. Seeing, and this is the work of God in our hearts, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. Notice the connection here, that God, causing Jesus Christ by God, causing us to believe in Him, leads to a purifying of our souls unto unfeigned love of the brethren. Remember, Galatians 5, 6 taught us that it is not circumcision that avails anything or uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. And here we have faith and love joined together again as we're going to find them joined together in 1 John chapters 3 and 4. So when we believe the truth about God, and we understand His love toward us in sending His Son Jesus Christ, and implanting that love in our hearts, along with the faith to believe in Him, comes a love of the brethren. And so the Apostle Peter, in writing to his audience, describes them as having visible traits. Seeing ye have purified your souls, they have transformed themselves by believing the gospel and conforming themselves to it. For Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Ye have purified your hearts. You have changed your lives by the power of the Holy Ghost in you in obeying the truth through the Spirit, because that's the source, 
and ability that we have to obey unto unfeigned love of the brethren. Faith in God ought to lead toward love of the brethren. Faith that worketh by love. But notice what he says. And though I would say or think that I know this subject a little bit, I am overwhelmed, impressed, surprised, and convicted about the emphasis on love in the New Testament. Going back and looking at some man's outline entitled, Love is the Greatest, and reviewing it carefully reminded me of how frequently this is mentioned in the New Testament. And as I indicated to you yesterday, I was not trained that way. I hardly ever heard, if I did, a sermon on brotherly love. I thought that a church ought to be like a seminary class, and so when I was first ordained, there used to be written examinations in evening church services. But thanks be to God. To read the New Testament, you find this constant emphasis. And I want you to see it right here in this 22nd verse. There is visible evidence of their salvation. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth. That's the first thing they did. It was through the Spirit. Second, unto unfeigned love of the brethren. It was not just in word only. It was not just in tongue. It was not just in superficial appearances on Sunday. It was real. Unfeigned. To feign love is to fake it. This is unfeigned love. Then Peter says, verse 22, See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Now wait a minute, Peter. You just said seeing that they already are. Notice the first three words. Seeing ye have. And notice the first three words of that last clause. See that ye. We already see some love, but we want to see more. See. This is an imperative command. The first clause is indicative. Just describing a condition that is already a fact. But this last clause is imperative, giving us a command of something we ought to do. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Pure motives. No bitterness. No envy. No resent, no grudging, just love them and to love them fervently. Fervently is a word that means passionately, aggressively, intimately, cheerfully, boldly, to do it fervently. I enjoyed that 22nd verse. There was visible evidence that they already believed and loved, but the apostle pressed them to more. And is there another apostle that would do that in various places? Paul would do the very same thing. And then it says in verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. That faith and love of verse 22 was the evidence, we already know that from many passages, plus this one, that that belief in God and that love of the brethren was evidence that they were already born again, and they were born again by the living word of God. When it says living, that liveth and abideth, you know what word of God it's talking about, don't you? That thing in your lap is not alive and it's not abiding. It's enduring, as verse 25 tells us. And so there's a distinction between two words of God here. One in verse 23 that is the living word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, and verse 25, the written word of God. And that demonstrative pronoun there in verse 25 tells you that the latter one, the one that is nearest to the statement being made, is the one he's talking about when he said it's the one that is preached unto you. The one in verse 23 
lives and abides forever, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. He lives and He abides forever. And He is the one that is the source of our being born again. After all, verse 21 said, who by Him do believe in God. That shouldn't give us difficulty. There's much more that could be said about verse 23, but that is not my point. So let me go back to verse 22. You are a loving church. Seeing that ye have obeyed God and obeyed the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that ye do it with a pure heart fervently. Let's exercise ourselves today to increase in it. I hope today that by the grace of God, we might embrace the Bible doctrine and practice of embracing one another. Let's embrace the importance of this doctrine of brotherly love And let's put it into practice even more than we have before. This is a grace that we want to grow in. Because by growing in this grace, we gain assurance of our eternal life. And it is the most powerful impetus in a church for that church growing up into the full stature and measure of the Lord Jesus Christ. May the Lord help us toward this end today. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven... We are humbled before Thy Holy Word. We thank Thee that from these pages we have Your inspired words to us. And by our beloved brother Peter, who saw the visible evidence in those strangers that were scattered abroad by their obedience to the truth and their unfeigned love of the brethren, yet... They ought to love those brethren, one another, with a pure heart, and to do it fervently. Our Father in heaven, we have come to thy word for our assemblies today. We do not go anywhere else. We have no wisdom of our own. We have no understanding. And we pray that by the power of your word and the preaching of it, by the wisdom it contains, and by its truthfulness, and by the Spirit accompanying it, that you will tear down the strongholds in our hearts and lives. Heavenly Father, we confess that by nature we are selfish. Convict us today. Let there be hearts in us and consciences in us that are soft and tender. And as we hear the Word of God... Let it speak to us and convict us. We are selfish by nature. We should be the least selfish of all your creatures. For you have shown the greatest love and condescension toward us by giving up your only begotten Son that He would lay down His life for us, rebel, cursing, hateful, wicked enemies. Oh Lord, forgive us for our selfishness. We are proud and haughty. We do not want to condescend to men of low estate. We would rather mingle and rub elbows with the loftier ones of society. We would rather be with our friends and have communion and fellowship with them But Heavenly Father, we confess our pride 
and pray that You will root it out of our lives and that You will humble us this day that we might be as humble as the servant, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give His life a ransom for many. Heavenly Father, we pray and we confess that we are lazy. And we pray that you will energize us with the Spirit of the living God. That His power, the greatest power ever known in this universe, the power that moved upon the face of the waters in Genesis 1-2, would move in our hearts to elicit love out of us that would be like the love you have had toward us and that we might show it to those around us. We confess our slothfulness. Heavenly Father, we confess our hypocrisy. And we pray that you would forgive us for ever singing, ever saying, ever believing or thinking that we love the brethren if we have not done it in deed and in truth. Father, forgive us. Show us the deeds and show us the truthfulness of love that results in sacrificial action toward our brethren that we may do it. Heavenly Father, we are thankful to be in your house. We are thankful because we know that it is the wisdom of the living God that you have chosen congregational worship, and we believe that you have chosen those members in this body that please you. Therefore, they are chosen by you and given to us that we might show one another duties and that we might love one another, each of us loving each other. Help us to this end. Let this church be all that you ever intended and hoped and desired and ordained for your churches to be in the way that they love thee, the Lord Jesus Christ, and love one another. Heavenly Father, we must have the power of your Spirit within us to do it, and we pray for the instruction from your Word today to remind us of it. Father, we pray for all the assemblies of saints throughout the world that you will bless each one of them. We ask nothing for ourselves that we do not ask at least as much for them. Bless their ministers, bless the saints, preserve them from evil, deliver them from strange children, empower them, protect them, open the word of God to them that they might behold wondrous things, out of it and let the word of the Lord have free course and be glorified. We thank you for our nation and we pray for our leaders. We supplicate your interest in our country and we supplicate and intercede for them that you would provide them the wisdom and the understanding to so govern and rule in the affairs of this nation that your people will be blessed with peace. We pray for the peace of America that we might have peace in her. Heavenly Father, we pray for the lost sheep of this assembly and of other assemblies and of those that are scattered abroad that the great shepherd of the sheep will reach forth his right hand and take them and bear them in his bosom and return them into the fold of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. We pray that he will speak the word And his sheep will hear his voice, for they know his voice. And he will call them and lead them out and lead them in 
and give them pasture and protect them and feed them. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us our slothfulness. Forgive us the coldness of our hearts. We come into your assembly and we are bound up and hobbled with fetters of the flesh of our old nature. And we pray that you would see the willingness and the desire of our spirits and that you would bless us accordingly in this assembly. It's in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and for his ultimate honor and glory that this church prays together. Amen. Amen.